Welcome. 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 To views from the bridge. 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 This season, it seems like it's been Philly versus everybody. Do we want to be a good team or do we want to be great? Shabelka. Back to Fontana again. Good ball, Matt Riel. Good combination. Shabelka. Down for Shabelka. He'll see that shit. What a goal. Oh, boy. And he dips the old on your bike. Ten years of calling you in games. I cannot remember a stadium as long. Shabelka. I want you to take the field and remember two things tonight. Number one, this is our house. And number two, this is now our conference. It's Philly or nothing. Hey everybody, welcome to Views from the Bridge, your second favorite Philadelphia Union podcast, you know, behind that other one that you listen to. Uh, your host, mathematically proven to be most of the time your host, Evan Malala here. Good to see you, good to talk to you. Happy uh, September. It's weird that we're into this month. Please make that world stop and everything go back to normal. Thanks so much. Uh, hey, Paul's here. Hiya, how's it going? I'm great. I noticed that you got inspired by the tattoo on my left forearm and got a rabbit. I did. Yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. It was it was great. We rescued him. Uh actually from another family that was going to like was eyeing him up too and Christine being the guilt tripper as always looked mm-hmm. at me and gave me the eye bat and mm. I said, Okay, go get an associate quick before the thing and then I blacked out and then I came to standing in the dog aisle and she ran up with a little box and said, Look at our son So now I have a son. His name is Smokey. He's a three-month-old dwarf little black and white cookie boy, and he's great. Uh, uh, health tip. Uh, yeah. Don't feed your rabbit too many carrots because they actually have a little bit of sugar in them, and it'll make them do big zooms all night long. Big, big zooms. Like, okay. there's no way I'm ever going to be able to catch this rabbit because he is now faster than Killian Mbappe. And it's mm. pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, it's so. definitely faster than Mbappe now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, COVID will do that to you. Uh, also here, uh, you might know him as the podcast destroyer. It's Chuck Booth. Oh, <laughs> wait, no, that's I, just us. I, Only we know him as the, as the podcast no, destroyer. No, I believe that I was name-dropped on Twitter for my computer breaking the podcast. You were, you were. I mean, you gave me permission to do that. Yeah, I, you were there. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, uh-huh. I'm just saying for that other people will know me as that. No, but it's not official until you like make it your display name or something. I mean, I almost destroyed this one, but got my yeah. audio working. <laughs> you, you really tried. Really tried. Um, and uh, he agreed to do this for whatever reason with us, and he could be doing so many other more productive things, but nevertheless, he persists. Just, Justin Ashcroft's here. Hey, yeah. Uh, man, I love I love talking to you in soccer. I'd do this over almost anything else. And boy, howdy, is that good news, because you've had to do it uh, a lot in spite of everything. Mm. Yeah. So. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of fine, uh, when we were able to record that 18-minute thing that you won't hear, uh, sorry, it really wasn't that great, um... <laughs> We were talking about what to do when we all got together next, because we are now four games behind? Yes. 
uh, and I think we came up with everyone gets uh, gets a wee bit of time to talk about the games that were not uh, this last one against Red Bull. So I don't care if you need a minute to pull up the results or what have you, but uh, whoever wants to volunteer to go first, by all means, please uh, do so. Well, I mean, what's what's there to talk about, Evan? I, no, it's whatever just, it's just you a want, Paul. I am kidding. You an the open union. Floor. Man, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you. Yeah. I didn't think we could do it twice in a season. Just, you know, one nothing a couple games ago mm-hmm. doesn't raise a lot of eyebrows, and it leaves you with more questions than answers. Despite it being three points, but. This was pretty straightforward that the Union are just kind of a level above the Red Bulls now, and it's mm. not even... Uh, well, it's we're not, not talking even... about this game yet. Yeah, thank you for skipping and, and completely ignoring the point that I wanted to make. Uh, what do you so want me to talk about? Uh, we are talking about the other, one, other three games. Uh, the other the three? The other three games. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> okay. <laughs> The so po- the, that's the point is the silence is that there's not really a whole lot to talk to so if you wanted to bring anything up now is is the time i mean uh, here's what i'll bring up sure. first of all other than go. anything else is and we saw in the red bull game but we won't i won't talk about that yet, uh is our depth and i think mm-hmm. like that's always been a question for the union is who you can put out on the field and and what you can do and all this kind of stuff like you anytime you're going to take uh, you know, anytime you're going to get back-to-back against Red Bull and DC United is great. I'll take it every time. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the score is. I don't care what the games look like. You'll take it. Uh, if you do that in a week and then you happen to lose the third game, I'll take that too. Especially mm-hmm. if you go one nothing against probably the best team in the East. Yep. Um, I'll take that too. So I'm not upset, but I think... Um, I'm not upset about the loss, but I think it is nice when, especially on the back line, um, you know, this two on one off rotation that, that they're kind of giving the center backs and, and the fact that we've had, um, our outside backs in and in and out, um, and still can maintain, you know, give up what two, two goals, one goal, four games, you know, you're going to take that every time. I mean, a lot of that credit is still to Blake, but. But when you can do that much defensive rotation as we've done in the last four games and still, you know, not give up goals, you're going to take that every time. It's It speaks volumes because it's like you don't even have to explicitly know who the center back pairing was in each of those games. It's like it doesn't matter at this point because they have those three guys that, you know, when you look at like... I think what made me the most nervous was the glesness Elliott pairing because we haven't really seen that a whole lot, but that was, once again, pretty fine for what you got out of it. And, you know, any team has to rely on their goalkeeper a bit, and it seems as if we're relying less and less on Blake, especially in the most recent game where he didn't have to face a shot within, like, 70 minutes, but... Mm -hmm. Overall, yeah, it's nice to see the defense stabilize, and it's nice to see that Ray Gaddis is not a black hole offensively as a right back, because I will be the first to say, which, you know, I was kind of forced to say, everyone online was like, hey, Paul, we can talk about the you, Gaddis. Paul, there, you so I mean, yeah. No yeah, so like, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was game. beautiful. It was well done. It was good. He's been playing 
good. Which I didn't think I'd be saying this season. But I'm wrong sometimes. Yeah. So, like, that in its own right is great. Because, like I said, if I'm wrong on this, then I'm wrong. But, like, that brings the team together. That's a cohesive unit. That's 11 players on the field that are all pretty good at their positions right now. And you're right, Justin. They have great depth right now. So, when Ray was just defending and not actually attacking, was he bad at his position? Well, you know, credit where credit's due. He's not the best one-on-one defender, but... Oh, God. <laughs> like, you know, it's um, every, every time... A, a back line I just only lets up what... two goals in four games? I mean, like, I'm not going to shit on Ray for a couple mistakes I, I back there. even when you're so close to giving him credit for something. It's you like, have to pull it right back. Can't, can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah. Um, from from these games, two two names, really. Mm-hmm. Olivio and Baizo. Thank you. Who has a pulse and is playing, and is playing pretty damn well. Yep. And Casper uh, Shabilko. Yeah. He's back. Can you resurrect a ghost? Mm. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Maybe a friendly one. I mean, they made a couple of Casper movies, so I guess we're just kind of on to the sequels now that aren't quite as good, but you know it can be there, you know? I mean, the film industry is a cash grab at this point. Sure, if they hear that sure. there's a guy, Casper, who's a ghost, yeah. and they want to revive him for a movie, and they need they'll a, send a, him down to Chester. And they need a movie to play well to the to the Eastern European market. They'll do it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. He, he has a sellable face, man. Uh, put him on a poster. People will turn and look. <laughs> put him on a coming soon the VOD poster and people yeah, start I getting mean, targeted I, ads I, on YouTube. Or something. My thing with Casper is that like he's also missed quite a few sitters and it's uber frustrating because mm-hmm. you almost see the potential to be like a top five striker in this league if he finishes well. his giveaway chance. No, <laughs> seriously, with the potency of chances that Paul, he's given Paul. in games. Do you see Casper miss a sitter, and then you look at every other striker on this roster? Yeah. I Look, I'm saying in the league, if he finishes his chances, mm. he's up there statistically, okay? Uh-huh. I'm not saying uh-huh. that we can do better than Casper right now because wasn't, we freaking can't. Wasn't, wasn't he already up there statistically last year even with missing oh, good man. chances? It's top, not top five. I'm pretty I mean, that's sure, why I said top five. No, I'm pretty sure he... I'm pretty sure he was, actually. I'm pretty sure he was fifth or sixth. He was on the quite good. Ah, uh, well, see, like, six doesn't cut it for my thing. Sure, so, like, sure. you know. Paul, I'm, uh, I'm looking this up but... right now. Because Paul, I... it's, it's really unfortunate that you spent all of this week saying no to receipts when you went out to places so that we could give you all of them collectively right here, right now. That's fine. Look um, it up. I was tied for fifth with error. Oh, oh boy. T5. I don't know. Oh, wait. Um, uh, so, New York City actually finished ahead of us in the rankings that season. So, like, he gets the tiebreaker on that. So, he's no. sixth. So, like, you know. Just... Paul Catrino Jr., uh, no, New York no City deal. FC defender. Suck a butt. No big deal. Like, okay. Didn't know you were big in the. I don't know. But, no. Okay. Stadiums uh, and whatever. Casper's great. We don't need to fix the striker situation, right? Everything's fine and dandy with That's, just Casper. Don't don't think any one of us said that. Nope. Just Good, because let's talk about Sergio Santos. Casper already not being top five, 
He's already done that. <laughs> Do it again! He has, he has literally been there and done that. Anyway, yes. It's interesting that we just talked about the center backs, too. And when you look at the uh, Union's IBX Player of the Month for August, oh. uh, no center backs? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ray, strikers, they need to put Ray Gaines as an option. Right Andre Blake. Well, I mean, like, come on. <laughs> and to be a fair, single assist, to be fair, really. <laughs> do they do they even want Mark McKenzie to get any more press? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> what? No, we Throw don't want people to talk about bone. Mark McKenzie when we're trying to sell him, so that we no, can sell him for a higher No, I just mean they don't need to help what? anyone talk about Mark McKenzie. Who cares? But no, I, mean, I, think you, I love I think that month that. stint where everyone shut up and didn't talk about Joseph Martinez because they knew he was leaving. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, hello! <laughs> that's, not even, that's not even close. I don't see how that's not, not even close. So, I guess, like, one other point from these games, uh-huh. and I'm going to because it's a Philadelphia Union podcast and not a podcast about any other team, I have to be negative for at least one second. Sure. And though he <laughs> redeemed himself in the New York Red Bull game, listen, Alejandro Bedoya... Thank you. ...was poor in those last three games. Yep. Yeah. And what, and what really grinded my gears is that going into that Red Bull game, the most recent one, is that they still started him, and I was really upset about it. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and puts in an engine of a performance and gets the assist on the Aronson goal. <laughs> like, of course he shuts us up, right? But, like, I was just absolutely calling him out all three of those games. It's like, the man needs a rest. So everyone just listens to Paul and then performs when Paul says so. Um, it's about time these people listen to me. I mean, come on. But yeah, your your thirty one year old midfielder shouldn't be starting three games in nope. eight days when you have very young midfielders with legs on the bench, and especially someone who keeps improving on every performance that he's given, even if it's only fifteen minutes of game time in Anthony Fontana, who can basically do the exact same thing Ali Bedoya does. He can do more things because he can, you know, like jump and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but will will he intimidate opponents with his bark? Because that's clearly what this union team needs to succeed is their fearless leader on the field who's jogging on defensive plays and... Ali just has long legs, so it looks like he's not doing much when he takes up a lot of ground. <laughs> Montana doesn't have that benefit. Yeah. I mean, we, we really don't need Ali's bark, though. Like, we have a defensive midfielder who has plenty of his own. <laughs> this is also yeah. true. <laughs> you almost need Ali on the field to, like, calm the referee down, because it's like every ref who has to deal with El Brujo going, in Venezuela, this is just like a pish-posh foul. It's like, I do that you to know? my mother when I see her. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like, ma! And then yeah. you quick-slide tackle. It's like, it's like, like, I go but I with my shoulder. On, like... my, on my niece, who's four years old, and you're like, good God. 
Ah, you learn. You build up the shit. And you build up the physicality and the shins to take those. I don't know why Paul's those. trying to do like a weird fake Venezuelan accent, but I need more of it. <laughs> this isn't Venezuelan at all. This is like uh, No, it's not. You're right. Um, which is part of the problem. Now you're Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I am. I hope he listens to this and finds you and just beats the shit out of you. You act like I listen to our stuff. Um. Anyway. I do. I will co-sign all of that. What's crazy to me is I don't know um, why, (laughs) if your captain can play like that in a final game, and yeah, maybe it was a little bit more intense because it was against Red Bull, but like, if he has that in him on like a weird empty tank, wouldn't he be able to do that more if you were okay with resting him a little bit? And like, hey, uh, Anthony Fontana didn't look too bad against Red Bull, so I think you can... Actually, none of the kids really have looked bad in any game that they've gotten in. Maybe a little anonymous, but not bad. So I don't know what the reluctance to rest your, you know, 31-year-old captain at, at some point was. I mean, it, it's up to Jim at this point to decide what's most important for this team going forward. Mm-hmm. Like, And if it's going to be at the expense of running his players into the ground... I don't know if that's going to be really effective come playoff time where you really do need those guys to perform. Like, you're already in a great... You're in second place in the East right now. And you're clearly not even in your final form yet. Like, you you haven't found the cohesion to put in a totally complete dominant performance other than that Red Bull game, which even at that, you still had some complaints about a couple of the guys who were on the field. But, I mean, at this rate... I hope seeing Real and Mbizo and Fontana being able to like come in and just, you know, do the job will be enough for Jim to want to rotate a little more because he's got to be thinking long-term here, even if MLS isn't totally thinking long-term right now because they give them the Phase 2 schedule and it's only three games. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay. <laughs> Are we going to do like six phases? Well, seven there, phases? E- even better, there's no guarantee of a phase three schedule. Exactly. I mean, this is a this is a risky game he's playing right now because there could very well only be a few regular season games left before MLS decides to just say, screw it, we want to beat the flu season, let's get this thing over with. Mm. Which does bode well for Philadelphia. It does. But you're playing a dangerous game if you're going to keep running Bedoya into the ground like that. Because you do need him in those important games. But not every game is important. At least right now with their position. So let's talk Red Bull. Uh, that not a great energy drink. I, I no, prefer Monster. No. Um, although they're, they're or, bang, or bang, I really like bang. There are well, uh, Red Bull's artificial flavors are quite delicious. Yeah, I don't know how they're able to consistently have good flavored drinks. But as a soccer organization, yeah, well, besides money, thank you. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> just as a team that's named as being in New York but does not play in New York. Uh huh. As New Jersey's second best soccer organization. Yeah. And as the future home of like five other organizations in MLS because they cannot play where they're supposed to. Uh, 
not a great uh not a great 2020 for the new york red bull um not at all and man brendan aronson's shot was was a beaut and he needs to start doing that more i uh, saw yeah dollar signs when yeah. that shot went in and every you know, shot chuck that he, chuck <laughs> that he not everything's in. about money like you know you gotta think bigger picture so here. wait chuck if you saw dollar signs it... does that mean that his his selling price is now 1.75 million dollars <laughs> um, no. aronson's selling price is like if he's actually shooting and finishing mm-hmm. it's up 20 to like Canadian. 10 okay so 10 american for dollars 10 pesos yeah 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 okay <laughs> um no and i mean that was the one thing that that i think all of us collectively have been being like but if brendan aronson learns how to shoot or if he just shoots more in general and doesn't try to yeah you know, carve around yeah. four dudes in the box and then get a shot off like he'll be fine and he'll probably be sold tomorrow um, and this was a little glimpse of that, where he finally takes a chance, he curls it, and it goes in. Um, probably because he saw Ryan Mira was starting for Red Bull and went, I played against him a lot, and I keep getting better, and he keeps showing up in places where, you know, I'm supposed to be the oldest guy around. Um, <laughs> it's a joke about how bad Ryan Mira has been. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, just a hell of a finish, um, and then the Union really didn't look back from there. Nope. No, they did not. Which is such a nice feeling. I'm just, I'm so sad that Fontana's volley didn't end up in a goal because it deserved a goal. He did. He really did. He struck that super well. And that's a thing that I was referring to that Bedoya cannot do. Mm. Yeah, he can't get his leg up that high. Yeah, he's kind of just swinging at shots now. And it's like, good for you for testing a keeper, but... I'd rather see Brendan Aronson testing a keeper. Because, like, even if he's hitting post on those shots and they're just, like, deflecting back out, that's, like, creating a chance in itself, and it shows that he's accurate. And I don't think he's that bad of a shooter. Because, like, all of his chances that he's had where he could be up to, like, five or six goals right now have just been, like, oh, it was, like, just left of the post. It's like, he he gets it. Any shot he's putting on, he's at least somewhat close. Hmm. So, like, let that be one of the places where you're getting a volume of chances, you know? Instead of him having to make, like you said, Evan, those three or four moves and trying to... Like, we get it. You're Medford Messi, bro. You don't have to prove that every time with each goal. So you can put a little pepper on it. Um, also, uh, at this point, Matt Real is basically matching if not coming close to outperforming kai wagner on the season which is something we absolutely did not expect <laughs> like i mean well number one we didn't expect him to fucking play that's just that too but injuries and the need for rotation have opened the door and <laughs> goodness has he's, he ran he's taking it yeah i mean we all we almost forget that he's only 20 and it's like he's he he still had so much time to like grow as a player not just someone in this organization and depth chart also that after mark mckenzie he was the one who's actually on the u.s youth national team radars Mm -hmm. and even while not playing for the union 
was still getting called up because they thought that highly of him. Yeah. And it's showing now. It shows that he's competent at that position and can do so at a professional level, which is always just great for Philadelphia because it's just the pipeline just cannot stop right now. I mean, obviously, you need to see, like, consistency, and you can't base it off of one or two games or three games or whatever, but... Totally. I think the reality for me is, like, going forward past this season, like... I'm okay if our opening day lineup next year has Olivier and Baizo at right back and Matt Real at left back. I mean, that's kind of assuming that Wagner is, one, either injured or, two, gets sold somewhere. But, like, you... I mean, these guys have proved that they're good players and mm-hmm. that they can they can both play at this level. And, like, I think Baizo is... I mean, Baizo is, is good. And like, yeah. he, I mean, he's fast, he's strong, like, he seems to be a decent one-on-one defender, he seems to put himself in good positions, he can catch up to things when he's out of position, I, I really like his play, and, and the same with Real, I mean, Real seems to know where he needs to be on the field, know how to create chances to push up, to drop back, and, and when you find your left back in the box... You know, when you're a senior and you see your left back coming off your shoulder and you can just put it right in his path to strike, like, that's a good feeling as a team. Especially because Mbizo, like, a lot of his really good plays have been with him having to float over on the left side instead of his natural position on the right. And people have been quick to point out that it's like his attacking has suffered because of that because he's not on his natural foot. Well, I mean, imagine when he gets the chance to go over to the right and you also have a Matt Real on the left. I mean, you've unlocked another layer of offense there with being able to, like, compress teams into the middle and have to spread them out because both of your full packs are both pretty good, like, good at what they can do and are really fast down the wings. I mean, that's the union I've always wanted to see is that they've been able to unlock that layer. And that hasn't always been the case just because of one guy in the back four. But now you're looking at a scenario where, you know, maybe not this season because you still have to rely on Ray Gaddis to an extent. You don't know what the back line's going to look like when Mark McKenzie inevitably leaves. But, I mean, next season it could be a really young back four that are all pretty damn good for this team where Andre Blake doesn't really have to stress all that much and it can get the union up three or four goals in the game because of their fullback play like that speaks volumes in itself I just feel so validated for us spending basically an entire year of just screaming on where is Olivier Ambizo and uh, him just playing and validating everything yeah yeah sometimes you get them right you know it's like because i remember in the beginning of the season it's like why are we even keeping this guy if we're still playing mm-hmm. like you know these guys all the time over especially because he's an international like, spot too it's like well what are we yeah like, what are you doing it's like clearly it was the moment and he had to progress as a player to get to a certain point where they knew that they could throw him in to right back one day and then the very next game tell him to go play the other side against his 
natural training and is still putting in amazing performances. Like that, you know, you're absolutely right. It's validation for sure. We were right. We did it, guys. Everyone else was wrong. But what's funny is we were right, and it also hasn't come at the expense of Ray Gaddis, so this is like a weird place for me right now because obviously I like to see him succeed, but just didn't expect it to come this way. The other thing about this game for, I mean, all the good play we saw kind of everywhere on the field, uh, Jacob Glesnitz may... MLS team of the week for yeah. that performance. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay, cool. He's not the first like five guys we talk about in this game, but no, he made team of the week. And you know what? Because Audi, 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 Audi. Um, he basically uh, ran up those Audi points on the field. Like I don't. Well, like he plays the he plays the system, Justin. Okay, he knows what Audi's yeah. looking for, and he exploits it. It's just hilarious when... So go to your local Audi dealer and get really mad at him over Jacob Glesnitz making teams. Don't do... Do, do it once because it's funny to me, but then don't do it again. It's just hilarious <laughs> when your left back who scores a goal doesn't make it. Uh, yeah. striker who scores a goal Hey, you know what? It. I am your, just glad... Your 10 who literally drives content for MLS yeah. because yeah. they write about Aaron's and almost daily we- weekly yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Doyle, it's really right? funny how one european rumor comes out and then all of a sudden it's like we've always known brendan aronson was the next great one <laughs> matt doyle you're just I, hearing I, about I will, it now <laughs> I, I will at least give it to doyle yeah yeah he's been both on the union train and the aronson train for a very long time yeah yes Yes, not many people get that luxury of having been there in the national circuit. So, yeah. Uh, I no, I, I'm just listen. I'm happy that it's a clean sheet by the union, and everyone's not immediately like Andre Blake is the savior of the universe. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it literally, have to be. I could have been in that that game, and I think the union still would have won. They would have because he didn't face a shot on goal that he had to save until like yeah. the seventy. And that's great minute. because I wouldn't face a shot on goal that I would save. So that checks out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, because I I'm terribly unathletic and I'd probably get scared. So <laughs> I'd probably get scared. I, I would. A, yeah, I would. I mean, that is. But uh, since they gave away. BWP mm. for nothing. Right. They have nothing. Essentially. So it's perfect. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, Danny Royer tried, but I think they got him frustrated early, and that and that really helps. It just head wasn't there, man. There was two chances he easily should have put away. Oh, well, yeah. And just could see it in his face. It's just like, we suck right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I've seen some other teams over the last couple of years do this, where it's like, I mean, I think in USL, Louisville did it last year, where mm-hmm. they got rid of their starting keeper and their striker in one off season, didn't really replace either, and struggled a majority of the season. So, it's not a surprise to me that like New York Red Bulls struggling. I mean, you can't give away your your striker who obviously still has something in him. 
He's <laughs> yeah, right? putting goals in the back of the net still. So I don't think that was the, the issue there. And then, you know, you give away your starting keeper, who obviously has been here a long time and, and might not be at the level that he used to be. but He's still um, starting for an MLS franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and that team all of a sudden starts adding to pieces. It seems like they should have done that before the season started, but, you know, it is what it is over there in, in Miami. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's just weird when you when you give away that, those, those central pieces to your team and then oh, you oh. wonder why you're struggling. Yeah. I think the other thing about this for me, like the other thing just not even about this game oh. particularly, but... Um, you know, we, I had a conversation on, on Twitter that, that none of you seem to back me up on. So, whatever. Screw you guys. Uh, I'm just kidding. Oh, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So oh, I don't care. Anything, I don't care. DM me. I mean, yeah, I DM us, for God's sake. Care. We're not Jeez. mind readers. Uh, no, I mean, I think I think there are still going to be a lot of Union fans who are upset about Aronson's selling price. I agree well, yeah. it's going up. But there's going to be a lot of people who are who are upset. He is he one is no pity Martinez. But then well. yesterday, as I was having this conversation with with people on Twitter, I think it is interesting when you start looking at attacking midfielders from the U.S. being sold to Europe, and the last one was like Freddie Adu. Uh, <laughs> so it's I mean it's like pretty it's pretty depressing when you actually look at that and like. And then also when you think about attacking midfielders from the U.S. in the last, like, 10 years that have been good, that have been on World Cup teams and all this other stuff, you talk about, like, Christian Pulisic, who is already in Europe, who went to Europe at 14 or whatever he did. Um, And then, I mean, past that, you're looking at, like, Leggett, who's 27 and still playing for LA Galaxy. You look at Lee Wynn, who is 25-plus still playing in the u.s like these guys are not valued by european teams like as much as we value them and go oh my gosh they're awesome they're just not valued by yeah. european teams and i just think scoring it's gonna be red hard bulls to get uh, scoring on red bulls helps especially uh, since uh, the other red bull team is one of the teams in yeah uh justin i'll, I'll help you out lee win which this proves your point a little bit more is 33 Yes, you're right. Oh. <laughs> so I had no idea how old he was. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I was he like, always seems yeah, he, well. It's he's weird. Timeless. He seems both younger and older than older, he is yeah. at the same time. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say too. I yeah. think there there are two players that I think, due to injuries, got a little bit screwed in the last ten years. I think Stu Holden is one mm. that I think was really good and just got messed up with injuries Uh and then i think robbie rogers was the other that had really good potential and also just kind of got screwed up with injuries and stuff so i think both of those guys for me are guys that could have gotten value overseas and like Stu holden was playing overseas but like could have continued going up and probably ended up in the premier league or or higher in a in a better team in the premier league um but injuries (laughs) injuries <laughs> you can't can't do much about the knees you know yeah yeah 
It's like you almost you you have to feel for those players who have had their careers derailed by that, and you look at a guy like Aronson who now has this opportunity to go about and like make a name for himself over there, and you just at, at this point it's not even like, hey maybe the union will be able to keep him and we can make a run with him for a couple years. It's just like. Start saying your goodbyes now and just wish him the best career possible because this kid does have so much freaking potential that a U.S. midfielder has not really been able to achieve before the European level. Like, it, it could be that good. It, you know, I, I kind of rate Pulisic more as a forward just because that's kind of how Chelsea have been utilizing him. I don't look at him as someone you know he's pressing center backs when they're passing back the ball but he's not really involved in that dirty midfield play but this could really be a good chance for Aronson because he does like to be that pressing midfielder and has the engine to do so and won't quit in the 80th minute it's he's he's really got potential here and to put the union brand on it only does favors for the organization as a mm-hmm. whole so it, it, it is great to see it really is because it's definitely a matter of when at this point and I, I think even with the goal you can say you can rate them a little close to that 10 million mark but i think the union are going to get right around four and a half and i think we just have to accept that we can still get good players with that money alone, let alone what we will get from McKenzie as well, and they'll be able to re bolster like that, That's not a question. I'm working on a list now of free agent targets that are available at this moment that would not cost the union too much. That would be really good pieces to just plug in. And the fact that they're going after that Martini guy mm. from Argentina, I mean, in, Independiente is fighting over him right now. I mean, they definitely want him. They rate him high as a young center back. It just shows that the Union don't just have their sights overseas in Europe. They're also looking in the South American market, which is not a place they've really treaded a lot before except for their Brazilian talents. So it's like that in its own right is reassuring that the Union just have eyes and scouts everywhere and are fighting these negotiations to get these players that Ernst Tanner really wants. And we're seeing that Tanner's targets are panning out pretty well. And the players that he wants in the first-team lineup are doing their jobs to the best of their ability. And the Union sits second in the East. So it's credit where credit's due. The organization has taken leaps and bounds this season. That price tag, though, is going to be polarizing. I do think McKenzie McKenzie will get a good fee, though. As long as... I do think think that. Also, yeah. as long as like the sell-ons are big enough, it doesn't really matter. Because I don't think McKenzie's going to get a sell-on fee because I think he's going to go to a club that's going to want him to be there for several years. So I don't think it's going to. I don't think McKenzie's going to get one. I think Aronson will get one because yeah. I don't think the Union I, will get. I'm not sure the Union will get four and a half, but I think that they will get a sell-on fee with him. Well, I just, but I just think with both of them being so close to like actually breaking into the senior national team the union have to fight as hard as they can to get some semblance of a sure with each one because as soon as that happens it doesn't matter what club they're at 
they're immediately going to be targets for other places. Especially with Aronson, with him now moving to a big boy agency. Mm, Wasserman! I think that's true, and I think that's sort of the depressing thing about not having Olympic qualifying this year, was Mm. both of them would have been on that team, most likely, and... Like, both of them probably would have performed on that team and probably started on that team. For sure. So, it's, like, it's a little bit depressing. I mean, I think the good thing is, like, we just saw, you know, Reggie Cannon get $3 million basically with Dallas having no leverage to keep him. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think McKenzie could be, you know, and, and Scally, same way. I mean, Scally went from New York City with, with no MLS experience. Um, so I think McKenzie kind of having, you know, having captaincy experience on the international level, I mean, granted it was youth experience, but having captaincy on the international level, um, speaks like is, is just another notch on his, his bedpost as he, as he tries to move somewhere else. Because it, you know, they don't give that to anyone. They don't just assign a captain for shit's sake. Like, okay, you can do it this week, Billy, because you haven't done it all season. This isn't Little League. They definitely know who's got the good voice and who can read the game well. And that's what's grown the most about McKenzie is that his reading of the game is that he can really organize the guys to the left, right, and in front of him and put his team in good positions, which instantly makes you you know worth something in the game especially the modern game when you have a center back who can be kind of good in the air and can be quick on his feet like that recovery in the red bull game that was kind of just to show off his speed like it was a temporary lapse of judgment and then it's like that's okay though i can fix this with my feet and yeah, I kind of. It, it's funny. I kind of think Aronson and McKenzie will fetch right around the same fee, but I only think the sell-on fee will be for Aronson because I think if Celtic are investing in him right now, I think you're right, Jess. I think they want to keep him for like four plus years and really just try to build him right. on building up that club and getting the European play. And you know, obviously it'll suck, but I think that's kind of what it's going to work itself out to. I'm not really sure how many legs are still to the Celtic rumor with them also getting Duffy to them. Uh, I mean, a couple of their guys, one of their center backs, his contract is up, like, now, and they haven't renegotiated him. He's only, like, 25, 26, and then the other guy ends next year. So it could just be an overhaul kind of deal, but you know, you'd hope if they want to sign him a young center back, they would play him from day one and not try to build him as a project because like what's the point in that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's always it's always interesting with those things, especially just since the market's so fluid and literally one day can blow up everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this is uncharted territory for Union people. I mean, this is the point of the homegrowns. I just, I mean, it's, the point it's, wasn't selling Derek Jones for $750,000. Well, the, I mean, part, I just needed but, to re engage Evan no, but, back but, in this I mean, conversation. Part, part, part of the point was unfortunately selling both Derek Jones 
and us and Trusty. Cause e and even though they didn't make it here, the Union still got decent fees for them, and they're not really making it where they are either. So, yeah. the Union won. The Union won. <laughs> it's a terrible way to think of it, unfortunately, but they got fees for people who they didn't pay anything for, and yep. those people have not increased their value where they went. Yep. True story. Nice. <laughs> Still it's nice, man. A nice place. Visual joke of the week. Evan is scrolling Twitter in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, host most of the mathematic time. Evan Valala here. I'm just going to supervise, uh, supervise no, the, these uh, kids while they yell at each other. And I'm going to see. Hey, you uh, know, listen, sometimes I like to let on. you know, you and, you and Chuck hash out your problems on the air. And there's nothing we wrong don't have any problems. Just, Sometimes I like to. This is actually Paul and I haven't disagreed on something. Well, and you know what? There's still. Well, I disagree with you there, Chuck. No, man, I don't know why the Derek Jones thing still tilts me, even though, like you said, Justin, like the. Yeah, that really seemed to floor you. I mean, you can't hit on them all, but the thing is, it, it was kind of a hit because <laughs> Derek Jones was all but obscure until Nashville said, yeah, we'll do it. I'm really missing Taylor Washington because he did make an appearance over the weekend, and I'm like, man. It's a good dude. Well, could have been. <laughs> You're it's really digging deep. But... Yeah. I bet, I bet all 20 people that know who... who he is our I thought he was going to get a goal before Ray Gaddis he had a chance man I was like damn the, the you also thought that. that literally everybody else in the world is getting a goal before Ray Gaddis so well, I, mean, I mean it is because he's never going to score a goal right. but like that's beside the point so will uh, Andre Blake get a goal before Ray Gaddis probably you somehow. know here's the thing no that that won't happen okay but there's like, a 11 that's, deep that's in PKs. There's yeah. at least a little bit of rationalism still left there. The, the odds are not zero. <laughs> oh, God. I, I love the people. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do have to say this. I love the people that were online and saying, Man, what if Ray Gaddis was playing left back tonight? That would have been him scoring. I was like, yeah, that Ooh, would have been Ray uh, Gaddis putting that perfect shot on the post yeah, and hitting no, it in and making no, that no, deep no. run into the 18-yard box and slotting it in ever so coolly with his foot. I mean, that has proven Ray, to be 0% effective in shooting. Ray Gaddis' assist was one of the passes of the year so far for the Union. Yeah, It was. That's not a goal, though, but, you know. Uh, he's, he's, you know, if he was on the left side, some, he would have he would have like hey, five goals. Hey. <laughs> he has had some screamers that have come close. Mm, true. Yeah, it's true. If when only you, close count. When you play that many minutes, you're gonna get something on target that is gonna go in the net. I'm just saying, only Matt Real took 227 less games to notch a goal in his MLS career at a fullback and position. You know, so, you know at what? some point... Matt Real is going to have a better career overall than Ray Gattis. Probably not with the Union, but overall... Though. And that's the point. And that's okay <laughs> with me! And that's... The ceiling is not here. Um, 
which is, which is beautiful. Anyway, yeah, all you people saying that if he just needs to switch sides of the field, he'll start scoring goals again. Not great. Just do me a favor. Shut up. Uh, Golden can say so. This week goes to capitalism. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Burn down the structure. Rage against the machine. Wall Street is the enemy. Um, burn your 401ks because they're physical things that can be burned, right? No. All right. Justin, okay. any, anything? Golden can say so. No, I don't have one. Great. Chuck? Uh, Besides your computer? I mean, so are, hold on. Are we doing our Golden can say so for all four games or just for this one? Yeah, let's give a collective. Well, I mean, I know there's not one for this one. Jim Curtin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would almost always give mine to pro referees, but, you know, whatever. That's a, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they just, we, we need to think of a different thing for them because yeah. they literally are the worst of the worst. Actually, they're referees. that, um... Basically, he must not be named of the Union fandom. Because we can at least say Anderson Conceição's name. Okay. I, really I see hope, where you're going really with this. you guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a grain. signing that we never say his name. Yeah, he's a whole grain, and we don't need to say his mm. whole name. <laughs> mm. I got it. I got it. That's I got it. Rude. I got it. You're There's talking about. Hey, what's up, boys? Uh, Aaron Wheeler. Shit, that's good. Uh, yeah. I mean, in overall, I would just like to say that if someone needs to improve on the Philadelphia Union right now, it would have to be Jim Curtin managing his players and especially his older ones who need to rest in these upcoming games where you potentially have a playoff run starting in a month or so, uh, or it could be uh, going into late November. Speak, like, you just don't know. Speaking of playoff runs, we haven't brought up Corey Burke. Uh, Corey Burke could be the missing piece for the union. If he and Casper can get paired up together <laughs> and start – Putting things away. This we say really that does... about every striker. Yeah. Well, if Casper and Andrew, Andrew Wooten could, could get really paired up together, that would be great. If well, Casper and... At this point, Andrew Wooten has won, and it was pretty much just a little ball bouncing in front of the net. He said, hey, if I put my foot here, it goes in. It sucks because, like, I like Andrew Wooten as a player, but, like... It's just not working. And yeah, the the effort is piss poor. And I just want to I want to lead into Sergio Santos so bad. But he's so inconsistent. Yeah. So it's just And like the, the injury point, bug seems to be yeah, very when, prominent and a very then, real we thing. Ne- we never know if he's ever going to play more than 60ish minutes again. Which is great because if Corey can come in and put in a consistent, solid performance and, you know, test the keeper a few times a game, he doesn't even have to score. You can bring Sergio in late in games instead of just the typical Il Sino sub, and you have a guy who can really make good chances with his speed and his feet. 
I mean, Sergio Santos doesn't have to be the answer at starting striker right now with Casper, but someone has to, and it's certainly not Andrew Vooten. So right now you have a guy who's already on your roster who's coming back. You better throw him right in and see what he can do. Because if not, why'd you bring him back in the first place? Mm-hmm. You could have sold him over to Austria. You could have you could have done a lot of things with Corey Burke, and you were adamant on bringing him back. So it's the same thing with Mbizo. Like, if you keep him around, there has to be a reason for it. Otherwise, it's just a waste of space and a waste of your money that you're eventually going to get with your transfers. So, like, if they're not going out and pursuing a striker, you kind of have to believe that they believe in Corey Burke's ability to pair up up top. So, here's hoping. It's almost like you have or don't have a young striker... Uh, on the bench that you're not using because he's apparently too young or something or other. Oh, oh, wait. We've heard that story before. Uh, Michi! We have, a, we have a couple of forwards that just aren't Michi! getting any playing time. I, I found it so funny that uh, I ended up at the Larimer over quarantine for the New England game, and Michi Galina was there at the Larimer and you guys were messaging me like you know what would be great right now if we could bring in like someone like Mitchie to just like run at them I was like yeah I kind of don't think that Jim Curtin's uh not rating him too well right now because (laughs) he's out at a bar with a mask on like you know that's just he's an MLS player (laughs) yeah yeah you called me out on that I thought I'd seen him in the lineup sorry dude I mean, it's fine. I just found it really funny that I was like, "Yeah, that would be a great option." I mean, too he bad should, he's he too bad he's having a water not, right now next to me. <laughs> yeah, like, what's the deal, man? It's like every piece on your bench should have a purpose on your bench. Well, our 2021 player to continue call, call out since we finally got Olivier Ambizo on the field, maybe. Mitchie Galina next yeah, year. Yeah. Yes. Big year yes. For, for Big Meech. Mm. Mm. Maybe. Hopefully. Anyway. Here's. Seems uh, like a good place to wrap up. It does. It does. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys after the Union beat Bruce Arena's boring ass Atlanta or uh, yeah I wish New England Revolution team. <laughs> that might be the next team he wrecks in MLS. Could you freaking Well, no, Frank DeBoer already did it for him. So. I think people in Atlanta would actually call for their franchise to be set on fire if Bruce Arena became the next manager. It's like, you know what? We had a good run. We won a championship. We're okay. Well, I mean, they're going to scream no matter who becomes the manager, and we don't care because they suck. Yeah. It's a pity. (laughs) 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 Ha-ha! Name jokes are the best jokes. All right. No, Pop killed it. Great. Thanks so much. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge. We could not do this without the help of our network and sponsors. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network. For lots of soccer writing, podcasts, and other content, check out BGN at bgn.ff. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarf is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Another network sponsor that we have, and a local one to us, and and they're run by one of my favorite people. If you're tired of the same old uniforms and the cookie-cutter templates from Nike or Adidas, you know, the the white sheet, plain white tee, MLS, Hanes beefy tee, off-the-rack kind of stuff, 
right? Or even USL sometimes. You're like, oh, that was, you know, San Antonio's kit last year is El Paso's this year. Don't worry. We got you. For unique, completely custom kits for your youth club, your Sunday league squad, your seven aside, your five aside, even your pro team, Icarus FC's got you covered. They can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. And you get to be involved in every step of this. And we know we made one last year and it was gorgeous. Let them help you design your new custom kit today, IcarusFC.com. Folks, we are all over the internet. If you specifically type in views from the bridge, then you're going to find us some way or another. But we are on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Um, subscribe to the show, leave us a review. We're on Twitter and Facebook at VFTVPod. And just let us know what you think of the show, what you'd like to hear. What you don't like to hear. We are so open to what you guys have to say. We appreciate all of you. And if you ever want to get in contact with us, you can DM us on Twitter. Or you can also email us at vftbpod at gmail.com. So hit us up. To help us keep providing content, throw us a couple of dollars at ko-fi.com forward slash vftbpod. You can also grab some of our merch at Design Tree. Make sure to check us out over at designtree.com forward slash VFTB. Curtin Tanner 2020 for Evan, Justin, and Paul, sometimes. I'm Chuck. Thanks for listening. And until next time, have a great day.